Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mary, Queen of Peace Parish, as we celebrate the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and those who are returning home to our parish community. Because of the Delta variant's community spread in Allegheny County and the latest recommendation of the CDC, we are asking parishioners and all guests to please mask up again. For those who wish to continue physical distancing, you can be seated in the designated area in the church where the pews are marked with ribbons. Assisting us today as our lector is Carol Bombich. Our altar server is Samantha Welsh. I am your cantor, Christine Jordanoff. And our organist is Stephen Steinbeiser. Our celebrant is our pastor, Father Michael Stumpf. Let us all now stand, if you are able, for the entrance procession and join in our opening hymn, Praise to the Lord the Almighty, number 616 in the Blue Hymnal. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And again, welcome everyone as we're gathering the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, and we only have one Sunday of Ordinary Time left before we conclude the liturgical year and celebrate the Feast of Christ the King, transitioning into the new liturgical year at Advent. But as we begin to, just a couple of things to make mention. First of all, um, the candles up front, of course, are from the memorial celebration for those who have died from our parish over the last year that happened on All Souls. And there was 133 people from the parish community buried. And so those burn in memory and prayer and connection with those uh, that we love and that we have lost. Um, and of course, it's very chilly out and very warm in here, and I think part of it's from the heat of the candles. 
as we gather too, this is the first weekend that we are starting to pass the basket again. So many of you, as you walked in, you're like, where do I put this? So we will be passing the basket now from now on. As we gather celebrating the grace of the Lord's love with us, continuing to journey together as a parish community and as a faith community, we know that the love of God, the mercy of God, continues to draw us deeper into discipleship, following Him, and walking with each other. We know we need God's mercy to do so. We ask that now. Lord Jesus, you sustain us with your very self. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you are close to the meek and the brokenhearted. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you hear the cry of the poor. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us of our sin, and bring us to everlasting life.
Almighty and merciful God, graciously keep us from all adversity so that unhindered in mind and body alike we may pursue in freedom of heart the things that are yours. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Let's be seated and attentive to the Word of God. A reading from the first book of Kings. In those days, Elijah the prophet went to Zarephath. He arrived at the entrance of the city. A widow was gathering sticks there. He called out to her, Please bring me a small cup of water to drink. And she left to get it. And he called out after her, Please bring along a bit of bread. She answered, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked. There's only a handful of flour in my jar and a little oil in my jug. Just now, I was collecting a couple of sticks to go in and prepare something for myself and my son. When we have eaten it, we shall die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you propose. But first, make me a little cake and bring it to me. Then you can prepare something for yourself and your son. For the Lord God of Israel says, The jar of flour shall not go empty, and the jug of oil run dry, until the day when the Lord sends rain upon the earth. She left and did as Elijah had said. She was able to eat for a whole year, and he and her son as well. The jar of flour did not go empty, and the jug of oil did not run dry, as the Lord had foretold through Elijah. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. the Lord my 
rest. It is he who gives bread to the hungry, the Lord who sets prisoners free. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. The Lord who opens the eyes of the A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Christ did not enter into sanctuary made by hands, a copy of the true one, but heaven itself, that he might now appear before God on our behalf. Now that he might offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters each year into the sanctuary with the blood that is not his own. If that were so, he would have had to suffer repeatedly from the foundation of the world. But now, once for all, he has appeared at the end of the ages to take away sin by his sacrifice. Just as it is appointed that human beings die once, and after this the judgment, so also Christ, offered once to take away the sins of many, will appear a second time not to take away sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be God.
be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. In the course of his teaching, Jesus said to the crowds, beware of the scribes who like to go around in long robes and accept greetings in the marketplaces, seats of honor in synagogues, and places of honor at banquets. They devour the houses of widows and, as a pretext, recite lengthy prayers. They will receive a very severe condemnation. He sat down in the treasury, opposite the treasury, and observed how the crowd put money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow also came and put in two small coins worth a few cents. Calling his disciples to himself, he said to them, Amen, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the other contributors to the treasury. For they have all contributed from their surplus wealth, but she, from her poverty, has contributed all she had, her whole livelihood. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So what is it that you and I bring to the community and with the community, participation in the life, the prayer, sharing in the gifts of Christ's mission and Christ's gospel to the world. Today's gospel passage is one of the most misinterpreted passages of scripture. (laughs) And let me just use a single phrase or a cliche to drive home what I mean, a middle, excuse me, a widow's might. Have you heard that phrase, right? A widow's might. And what does that mean, a widow's might? Small coin, right? A little bit can be significant, right? And oftentimes, this is one of those passages that's used to say, again, that that which is small can be significant. And that is true. But that's not the point of the gospel. Also, sometimes, this is a passage that's quoted when people like me want money, (laughs) right? And And it's used to say, you're not supposed to just give out of your surplus, but you're also supposed to give till it hurts, right? Give from your substance. And again, certainly, 
teachings of Christ and the gospel call us to that, to give of our substance, our very selves even, time, talent, and treasure, but that's not what the gospel's about. Which is why this gospel is one of the greatest and most misinterpreted passages of scripture, especially when referring to money. Because in this gospel passage, it's, uh, wealth is not condemned, nor is poverty brought up into some romanticized way. It's not about really about how much is giving. What it really is about is something much, much deeper. There's actually, if you bring together the scripture passage where Jesus is saying, beware of the scribes, and then the widow, Jesus is actually saying, don't do what the widow did. He's saying, notice, be aware. Let me put the scripture passage in context a bit and then try to explain a little bit more where I'm going with this. First of all, we have to remember where we are in math, or excuse me, in Mark's gospel. Again, we've been journeying with Mark for months and months now during ordinary time. If you remember, Jesus opened up Mark's gospel, stepped onto the scene and said, the kingdom of God is at hand. And he has been journeying all through the gospel on his way to Jerusalem. And as he's done so, he's done many things. Of course, he's taught, he's told parables, he's healed. We've also heard three passion predictions that he has offered on his way to Jerusalem, all of which are proclaimed, misunderstood, and he tries to clarify for the disciples to understand a bit more deeply, and it's still very hard for them. But now where we are in Mark's gospel is now, just right before that, Bartimaeus was blind, right? Healed Bartimaeus, and then he walks into Jerusalem. He is now in Jerusalem. He's now teaching and in and praying in the temple area. Brothers and sisters, this is like for you and I, this is like us going to the Vatican, okay? Right? That's what this is kind of like. So he's there, he's arrived. And of course, at the center of the Vatican, at the center of the temple in Jerusalem is the center of their religion and not just their religion, but their culture, their teaching, everything. And so there's all kinds of people who are part of the temple, especially those who are the leaders of the temple. And we've been hearing over the last two weeks as he's in Jerusalem about scribes. Now remember, last week's scribe is very different than the scribes that we hear proclaimed today. Last week's scribe came to Jesus and said, which is the greatest of commandments? And it's fascinating because that scribe came to Jesus with a sense of wanting to understand, wanting to basically grow together, to be open himself, and at the same time to respect Jesus as a teacher. And so that was the, the scribe. Now, so the scribes, during Jesus' time would have been in the synagogue and particularly in the temple. Basically, they're like lawyers, okay? They're the ones who know the Jewish law, apply the Jewish law, and help others 
basically, to understand and apply the Jewish law that comes from the Pentateuch or the first five books of the Bible, okay? So there's many, many Jewish laws and practices that, that are followed and that, but that are affecting all kinds of things in daily life. Now, but when we're in Jerusalem, these scribes are the temple scribes, right? So they're like, and I, I hate to keep relating this, but they're like the cardinals, okay? They're like the high-ranking people in the center of the religion, and so that's the context for which Jesus is speaking in. Now, also, uh, another context, right? Just like every church, temple, there's alms that are given, and it's usually to support the structure, <laughs> the, the, the people, right? Which is what you do for, for, for us here in this church too, what we do for one another, right? That, we know that that's part of it. My goodness, we're gonna be passing the basket again for the first time this weekend, right? So, so it is part of what we do. Um, and so there's alms that are given. Now, in that situation, in that context, Listen to what Jesus is saying. First of all, he talks about, oh, I, I have to give one more context, excuse me. One more context, very important first. Remember the position of widows. Remember that all, during the last several weeks, we've heard Jesus talk about the little ones, the poor, the children. He's even brought them in as example for what the kingdom of God is really all about. And remember that widows during Jesus' time really have very little legal uh, power or, or, or they have no advocacy in and of themselves. Uh, if, if a woman uh, if there's any, a widow, someone who's married to a man, does not have another man in their life, if they do not have a brother, a, a, a brother-in-law, a, a father that can take them back in, a, even a caring uncle to put them under their wing and to advocate for them, they are extremely vulnerable within society. And oftentimes, what would happen is if there wasn't somebody else male in the family that could kind of look after, care for them, and advocate for them, someone from the temple would do it, like a lawyer, a scribe. Okay, now that's the context in which Jesus talks about beware of the scribes because they will consume the houses of widows and recite lengthy prayers. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry you're so poor. I'll say one for you. <laughs> right? You following that? You got it? So that's the context for which the criticism that Jesus offers to the scribes. Now, again, not all the scribes are bad, but again, people in power, believe me, I get it, people in power in whatever institution and particularly within religion, if, if there's not a sense of care for the other, if there's not a sense of, the, you know, greed can take over power and authority, it's very seductive, certainly, and you have this vulnerable, and who is going to care or think about if the woman says, you know, oh my God, this scribe just took all my property, right? We know that situation within the church today as well, right? Who's going to really care or believe her? And so it's very easy for that vulnerability to be taken advantage of. Now, immediately after that, the widow 
puts two small coins in the coffers. And Jesus says, pay attention. Do you see the context that puts a radically different spin? It's not about the widow's might. It's not about giving necessarily. It's not even about the heart of the giver that's so important. What Jesus is offering to us is a situation of injustice, taking advantage of, of an abuse of power. And he is saying, see it. She just gave everything she just had. Now what are we going to say? I'll say one for you. That's a danger then in the temple system, and it's a danger now within our own religious system as well. And so Jesus is saying, pay attention. We've been hearing over the last number of weeks and will continue to hear as the next several months unfold a process that has started within the church that Pope Francis has initiated for preparing for a synod that will happen in 2023. And it's called a synod on synodality. And so it's, again, this is something that's very kind of new and maybe slightly confusing. And again, I'm learning about it myself and I'm, I'm thinking about it, talking about it, sharing as I'm growing an understanding of it as well. But basically, it, it's the, the theme of that, that gathering of bishops that will eventually happen in 2023 is about how we're journeying together as church. And the whole purpose, as I'm reading more and more about everything that's leading to that gathering of bishops, there's going to be a listening process that's supposed to happen at the parish level, at the diocesan level, at the national level, at the international level, and all that information is supposed to be collected and gathered for this gathering of bishops that happened in 2023. And again, if you're skeptical about this process, I have some skepticism about it myself. That's okay, right? But... Here's the thing that I'm hearing over and over again. What Pope Francis and what's supposed to be happening as we're preparing for this, it's not so much about these bishops getting together in 2023 and coming up with a pretty statement or document. As a matter of fact, they stay clearly in the directions and what's called the preparatory document. That's not what this is supposed to be about at all. What it's supposed to be about is about the church together together reflecting on what it means to be church, what it means to journey together. How have we experienced church in our lives? How we've experienced the freedom, the, the teaching, the, the, the prayer, the, um, the, the authority, the, how we experienced all of that in the context of church. And the idea is not necessarily to come up with a beautiful document at the end, but is to have us reflect upon our thoughts, our beliefs, and our attitudes about what it means to be church. And is each and every one of us participating in the community, in the life, trusting the gifts of the Spirit that are part of all of us and every one of us, and then sharing those together with one another. That's what the purpose of the Synod is really all about. It's not so much about the end result or the goals or a document, but about all of us supposed to be reflecting on what it means to be church, who we are, how we're with one another, 
how we're journeying, how we're listening to one another, how we're speaking deeply. We're supposed to take all this beautiful teaching of the church that's happened throughout centuries, that come from the word of God, comes from the tradition of the church, our our sacraments, our, our, our teaching authority, and bring them into conversation with the life of things that are happening right now and who we are. Another part of that process that Pope Francis keeps, um, and the the process keeps emphasizing over and over again, is that I don't want to just listen to the people in the pews. I want to listen to those who were excluded, those who were marginalized, those who have left the church, those who are the minority ethnic communities or um, ethnic. those, those, just the minorities, okay? I can't, I'm, I'm losing track of words here. Um, so, but all of those who are on the margins and excluded, those who are not Christians even, those who are within the context of, of a neighborhood or, 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 or those who are coming from another faith tradition, we need to basically be listening and trying to understand what we're called to do and be in this time and place. Now, why do I share that? Because that is what the gospel is about. That is the purpose that Jesus is saying as he's looking at the religious system at his time and trying to teach for his time and ours the dangers of power and authority, (laughs) the, the, the beauty and the possibility of listening honestly, speaking deeply, and growing and journeying together in this place that we call a religious system that has different levels of authority and positions and power, absolutely, but in some ways are all equal in the kingdom of God and within the context of church. That's what the gospel is really all about. Us paying attention what is your and my attitude about who we are as church community? What is it that each and every one of us is bringing to community, to participation, and sharing in the mission of Jesus? Together we stand and profess one faith. I believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through whom all things are made for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven and by the power of the Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. 
I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection day and the life of the world to come. Amen. Placing our trust in the compassion that God has for us and for all people, we bring these needs and prayers of petition. Our response is, hear us, O Lord. For deep and fruitful collaboration among the clergy and the laity, we pray, hear us, O Lord. As we celebrate Veterans Day this coming week, that our civic and military leaders may seek peaceful settlements to disputes, we pray. That the Lord may bless all veterans and active service men and women, we pray. For parents, teachers, and counselors, that they find nourishment and openness, we pray. For those on our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers, we pray. We go forth for the gentle removal of all that keeps us from deeper generosity toward the needy, we pray. For all those who have died in our parish communities, especially Geraldine Zagorski and Edmund Young, may they be welcomed into God's kingdom, we pray. We remember today the Sarama family and all the intentions present on the altar, along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. Please join me in saying the unity prayer, which can be found on page five in your bulletin. Together we pray. We raise our voices to Mary, Queen of Peace, our mother, and to her most glorious son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Grant us greater commitment and sincerity as we continue along this journey of unity. Please grant our parish family a resurgence of faith, a spirit of love, and a hope for peace. May we be blessed with a vibrant, inclusive community, united in the spirit and living our covenant. Amen. Our song for the preparation of the gifts is number 712, The King of Love My Shepherd Is.
pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Look favorably, we pray, Lord, upon these sacrificial gifts offered here, celebrating in mystery the passion of your Son. May we honor it with loving devotion through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with Lift up your hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just our duty, salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. For in you we live and move and have our being. While in this body we experience daily the effects of your care and possess even now the pledge of eternal life. We've received the first fruits of the Spirit through whom you raised Jesus from the dead, and we hope for an everlasting share in the Paschal mystery. And so with all of the angels, we praise you as in joyful celebration we acclaim. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending your spirit upon them like the dewfall, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith.
Therefore, we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection. We offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks you've held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly, we pray, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church, which is spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, with David, our Bishop, with all of the clergy, with all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of resurrection, all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Saint Joseph, her blessed spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we too may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command, formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy we may be free from sin, saved from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours You said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sin, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. We offer one another some sign of Christ's peace.
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy to shelter under my roof, but I will say the word of An act of spiritual communion for all those who cannot be with us today and are watching from home. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Our song for communion is number 950, Take and Eat.
Just three parish announcements. Uh, This week we're honoring Veterans Day this week. um, And so tomorrow at the 9 a.m. Mass at St. Adelbert's and then afterwards, uh, there will be a dedication of a peace garden located in the area behind the parish hall on 13th Street. And that will include the statues that were previously located in the grotto in front of St. Peter's Church that have been moved and now have a home there in the Peace Garden. And so there is also a reception afterwards, so everyone is invited. This Sunday also, uh, 6 p.m., there is benediction, uh, adoration and benediction of the Blessed Sacrament. It will be both in-person and live-streamed. Bulletin and website for details. Also in today's bulletin, you'll see a donor match program for Faith Direct, the online giving program. Uh, And so uh, anything offered uh, between now, those who join up between now and the end of the year, your gift will be matched. Together, let us please stand and let us pray. Nourished by this sacred gift, O Lord, we give you thanks and we beseech your mercy that by the outpouring of your spirit, the grace of integrity may endure on those in whose heavenly power you have entered through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our closing song is number 685, How Can I Keep From Singing? We'll sing verses 1 and 4.
I keep 